0: All right, welcome to a special bonus episode of the Animation Station Podcast. Yeah. I'm Gavin. I'm Josh. And today we have the privilege to be interviewing a voice actor, actress, however you want to say it, Jade Saxton. Yes, and there, uh, I will say I'm dumb. So when I recorded my end... <laughs> they know. It's... nothing thanks. <laughs> when I recorded my end, my end's all on mono. Oh, okay. Hers is fine. Okay. But my portion is on mono, so I'm going to come out of your left ear, and oh, she's going to come out of both. Nice. Yeah, so... It'll be like you're an interviewer off to the side, asking yeah, questions. Yeah, like, i just be like, hey! <laughs> yeah, this is the one that I didn't get to participate in, so it was all you. Yeah, this was you. back in February, so wow. you were gone somewhere. I was somewhere, I don't remember. But yeah, I'm excited to uh, present this to our lovely audience. Excellent. Alright, want to go ahead and get into it? Let's do it. Interview! All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. We have the extremely talented Jade Saxton on the line. How are you, Jade? I'm
1: doing wonderful. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. Um, First off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, Like you said, my name is Jade Saxton. Uh, A lot of people, it looks like Jad, but it's actually Jade. So I love getting to do interviews, audio, or video where I can explain that. Um, I am a actor and ADR director and sometimes writer. Um, but I've been voice acting for about 10 years now uh, in the anime industry. Um, <laughs> but I also do uh, some theater and occasionally some film. Um I live in Dallas, Texas with my boyfriend and my cat Granger. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, how exactly did you get into uh, voice acting?
1: Um, I found out about, uh, I live in Dallas, Texas, like I said, so I found out of the, about the company Funimation. I found out that it was in, it's not in Dallas, but it's in a suburb of Dallas called Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, when I found that out, I, I had been introduced to anime through an, a previous boyfriend that I had. And when I re- realized that Um, that studio was here Uh, I knew that I had to try and find a way find a way in because I thought you know gosh I would love to do that like I would love to be an actor for that and it's right here where I live so I don't see why I couldn't at least try it out Um, now it did take quite a while it took about six years before I could even get an audition Um, it's a little bit I would say it's a little bit easier nowadays to at least like submit a demo or do something but back then it was really like just who you knew and like networking a lot, and so I finally made the right connection. And through theater connections, through a friend of mine, and who was also friends with Leah Clark, who uh, is a voice actor, writer, director as well. And I got my audition with her, and she took a chance on me. And the rest is history, as it is.
0: Awesome. <laughs> now, so so you were a fan of anime before. Um before you started uh, becoming a uh, voice actress, Um, do you have any favorite, you know, anime or cartoons or anything that you're really into?
1: Um, I knew about DBZ and Transformers, which, you know, isn't like a Funimation thing, but it's definitely considered an anime through, uh, through my boyfriend. I mean, I feel like back when I started like 10 years ago and even prior to that when I was, like, learning about it, like, it wasn't as accessible as it is now. Like, now you can just stream everything. So it would really just be, like, me every birthday or Christmas, like, buying the newest, like, DBZ or the Transformers and, like, watching it with my boyfriend. Uh, So those are kind of the ones that I was more exposed to. Besides the ones that, um, you know, like, from the 80s and stuff that were, I just called cartoons that were probably actually anime, like, um, My Little Pony and He-Man and She-Ra and all that kind of stuff <laughs> from when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, I remember the struggles of having to, you know, try and find anime. Like if you missed it on TV, like if it happened to be on Toonami or something like that, and then it was just gone, you would have to go to like FYE and try and find like a VHS copy. All those fun excursions.
1: Yeah, I it was definitely like a struggle to find. Whatever specific new thing that uh, was had just come out, like, and, and, and they were really—I mean, anime's always been a little like expensive, but I feel like back then it was like whoa. And then, of course, if you talk to people who tried to buy like the VHSs, like back in the day, it was even more expensive. You'd get like four episodes for like sixty dollars or something.
0: Yeah, it was it was not fun.
1: And now you can have a Funimation subscription for, like, five bucks a month and watch all the anime you want. Kids today are spoiled, you know?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's great. I'm spoiled, yeah. too. I'm spoiled on, like, all the streaming services. I'm all about it, so.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Funimation and uh, Crunchyroll, which I, I kind of stay a little bit away from Crunchyroll, just because, I mean, they mainly do, like, the subs and everything, and I prefer the dubs. Mm-hmm just because it, it is in English, and I can do other things whilst, you know, I watch. Like, if I get a text or something, if it's subbed, I mean, I'm going to have to pause it because I'll miss something. But, I mean, right. I, like, yeah, I love yeah. the dubs so much better.
1: Yeah, you have to be able to concentrate. Um, Since I've started directing, I honestly have gotten more into the subs because I kind of had to. Uh, and so, I mean... my appreciation of them has, has grown because, you know, it's like more a part of my job. Um, and, and so I, you know, before sometimes that stuff was available and it just depended, but like the way that it is now it's streaming and, and all of that, you can definitely see more and sometimes it's fun to watch both, but you do have to concentrate more. I do agree with that. So you have to be able to make sure you're not like, yeah, doing anything else.
0: Yeah. It's It's harder at lunch breaks, you know, I can't really, hmm. you know, pop something subbed on my phone. Yeah, I just, like, have to squint to read it.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Now, um, as a director, um, do you have any sort of say or anything in who gets cast?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, they give us awesome. like pretty much full anonymity, like in that area. Like that's something they really value. Um, the only reason that, like, maybe that. They- would say hey maybe not that person is just because like they have more access to knowing whether that person is available uh you know uh like because <laughs> they are the ones reaching out to their agent for us so that would be the only reason that they would be like stepping in to say I really don't think that's a good decision is if they're like that person is not available every week because the way that we do dubs is you know On a weekly basis, we do an episode per week. So we have to have someone that uh, can come in at least once a week for maybe 12 to 24 weeks. You know, it's a big commitment on their part to have that availability. So that's the only reason they would really step in. Or if they're like, oh, that person's already the lead in shows, maybe you shouldn't choose that person because they won't have a voice anymore. But other than that, yeah, you get complete anonymity. You get to choose, you know, who you want. Um, We all kind of reach out to each other. And especially being a new director, I definitely reach out to the other directors for advice on, like, oh, hey, do you think this person will be right for this kind of part? Like, if I haven't worked with them a lot, like, personally. Um, So, I mean, that happens all the time. Like, if you're up there, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, checking in with each other and, like, asking. And especially me as a new director, though.
0: Absolutely. Gotcha. Now, this this one's going to be kind of a two-part question sure. from the acting side and the directing side. Like, with this new surge in, um, like, the voice actor market and, you know, all these new things that are uh, Funimation's getting the rights to, do you find it harder to land some work, or is it a little bit easier because of your body of work? And on the directing side, is it easier to, you know, try and find some of this new talent... Or do you, you know, I mean, you know, you want to go with some people that are more seasoned, but, you know, is it easier to take a chance with all these new uh, voice actors?
1: Um, I think it depends. Uh, From the act, I'll answer the acting standpoint first. I think it's um, definitely been more work for all of the what we call like the seasoned vets or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because there hasn't been a whole lot of time. Like sometimes a lot of times we don't get to have auditions anymore. And so they really are going with like people that they know are talented, experienced, and reliable, you know, like those are three and, you know, easy to work with. Those are the, the factors that kind of go into that. And so um, I've been working a lot and it's been really fun um, because we are doing also, in addition to like the switch over to doing like mostly simul dubs, like, we are doing even more shows now that we have the Crunchyroll merger. So mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of work and it's been really, really fun. Um, from a directing standpoint, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new, but here's how I kind of approached. Um, I'm only in my second show ever directing, but for my first show, um, I did like want to use my kind of outside knowledge to bring in a few people that I thought, you know, to give them a shot. Um, But I also wanted to, you know, really pepper in a lot of experienced people because I was learning myself. So, I mean, my first show was sort of perfect for that, directing Token Rambu, because it ended ended up having 46 different characters by the time the show was done airing. Uh, 46, like, named, like, you know, possible regulars, like, as part of the cast. And that's a lot of people. (laughs) So, but I did bring in like some some people who had maybe only ever done like Walla or one piece because one piece is kind of the show where like they use everyone possible because it's so long running. <laughs> um or I did bring in a few people that had never worked there before, like and give them gave them a a chance at you know, like a smaller role and to see, you know, because I've either worked with them on stage most likely is how I knew about that because I do a lot of stage work in Dallas um. And so I was able to bring in and you know we get like demos all the time and I mean the thing about it is sometimes we'll get a demo from an out of towner and like this happened to me just the other day I listened to it and I was like this girl is really good but I don't it, you know like if she's if she's can't be available you know every week for 12 weeks I I can't use her you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah I Because the thing is about not knowing, like, what's going to happen on the next episode ahead of time and, like, not having all of the content ahead of time is you don't know if, like, it's just an episodic character. You don't know if it's going to end up being, um, you know, someone who comes back and has, like, a four-episode arc. And then you're like, well, crap, what do I do? Like, this person lives in New York or L.A. Um, you know, and a lot of the some of the L.A. peeps that used to live here, like are used to flying out or are managing that situation better. But new people, not necessarily, you know, so it just depends.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that making it, you know, pretty different, uh, difficult, especially someone who lives out of state. Like, say they live in like Mississippi or something.
1: Yeah, that's, that's... Uh,
0: kind of a long, long drive to Dallas every Yeah every week i
1: mean our houston actors i must be tired because we do use a lot of houston and austin people um so <laughs> i know they must be tired but the new york and la is a little bit trickier because that's where we get the majority of people like is austin houston la and new york or they live here because the rest of the time like it's not like they're not already living in another city where they can do work you know does that make sense
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going on more of the uh, the voice actor, like how how do you get into prepare for a role? Like say you you've done the audition, everything's gone great, uh, you get the role. How do you go into prepare? Um, Do you like to, you know, watch everything beforehand, or as much that you can to kind of get a feel for the character, or do you kind of like to go in blind and kind of like experience everything, like that this character is experiencing for the first time as well. I
1: kind of prefer the latter. I like to experience it as it's happening. And honestly, the way this business goes, that's the way, the easier way to do it anyways. because, I mean, we're already all working so much and a lot of us are working on multiple projects at a time and we can't mm-hmm. like, there's not enough, enough hours in the day to like pre-watch all of the material we would have to pre-watch in the Japanese to, uh, you know, show up with like all of this like character development or whatnot. I mean, we're sort of hired to be these like go to quick on your feet, easy to direct actors. Um, And that's sort of how we're trained because, you know, sometimes you could show up and like you may have a session you didn't even know you had. Like, so you'll, you know, you're going in for a show that you're a regular on, but they're like, Oh, by the way, we need to use you on this other show. And you just have to jump in and go for it. Um, and you're relying on the director. And of course, like we have a major resource right in front of us, which is that we get to preview the Japanese. And so we have the director explaining the story and the arc and what's going on. And then we can preview these beautiful visuals and get the general idea and, you know, hopefully being trained. Um, within one or two takes, we can get it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, because we had Robert McCollum on, and he basically said the exact same thing, that he likes it better when he goes in, you know, kind of blind too. And I thought that, you know, like, you know, growing up as a fan, I thought that it would be, you know, a little bit easier to have all of that, you know, information in front of you to kind of go off of it and, you know, research your character more. But, you know, after talking to you two, it does make more sense to kind of go into it like that. Yeah,
1: you're really relying. Um, there have been situations where I could have, but I did not want to. Uh, where back in before, like all the simul dubs, like three years ago, when we were mostly doing like DVD releases, and we had all the content. Like uh, when I did Michiko and Hachin, and I played Hachin, I could have pre-watched that entire series. Um, I really didn't want to. Like I started to, and then like I just as it got further along I was like I just want to like experience this as it's happening and so I remember we got to do this really cool video commentary special like special feature for the DVD Mm -hmm. and when we filmed it I hadn't recorded like the last two episodes yet and so I really still did not know what was going to happen and I was trying to like luckily that was a dub that um was a long time coming meaning like it had been out in Japan for five years and like the sub had made its way over three years ago. And so we weren't dumping it for like until five years after it even come out. So I wasn't like online, like seeing spoilers of stuff nowadays. Like I see spoilers, Crunchyroll spoilers every, every day of like what's going to happen the next time on the show that I'm, that I'm acting on. And so, uh, you know, I, I have to either just like, skip past them really quick or just be like oh okay like that that looks really cool
0: <laughs> just avoid the well see you can't even do that because i mean if you avoid the internet for a week the next episode comes out by the t- oh man yeah that's gotta that's gotta be rough
1: yeah so i mean i mean usually though i mean I, I there's some spoilers but it's not like the whole the whole thing or anything if i'm seeing anything on like twitter because i'm on twitter a lot these days <laughs>
0: kind of kind of going off of that first question um when you have to do more of a mature role, like, say, like, in High School DxD or Freezing, which are two of my roommate's favorites, um, do you find it easier to... I mean, I mean, not easier. Do you find it a little bit more difficult to prepare for that role? Like, when you see your character kind of in a uh, more adult-themed situation?
1: Um, Sometimes, I mean, Kona, for Konako on DxD, like, she's a little sassy like in your face kind of girl I mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: save for maybe season three in which I was like kind of cursing the whole time I was recording I was like really this like oh come on I wasn't like a super fan of where her story arc went in that season um I know there are mixed reviews like some people really agree with me and some people are like no I liked it that she was like closer to Issei and whatnot but I was like man I just want her to like go back to these like sassy one-liners and like jobs like you know, I was all about that. That was that was easy for me to kind of do that. Freezing. Um, uh, I, I remember the series like didn't really ever feel really difficult, but I think the OVA was like okay.
0: Yeah, that. that that's
1: was, the thing. Like
0: those are a bit crazy. The
1: OVA like really get me in a lot of situations where I'm like, okay, come come on, like it's just. And then you just like honestly like sometimes I'm rolling my eyes doing it or finding a way to laugh through it finding a way to laugh through it because it's like this is so beyond like I mean it's all beyond reality which is kind of cool but like those situations are just like this is fan service like 100% so I take it for what it is I guess that's the best way to say that
0: <laughs> Yeah I, I knew it was going to be kind of a tricky question to get in
1: Because oh okay here's an example I can give you that like of a situation, an adult themed situation that was really real and really cool to record was for Garo. Um, I play Jimena and Garo, and yeah. she has like a real live, like pre sex scene where she's like making out with someone, and it was like really fully realized and like really an actual adult, like, real situation. Not, like, some chick, like, grabbing another chick's boobs and somehow making her turn into a weapon or something. I don't know. You know? Like, it was just a real, like, kind of scene. Even though I, I know there were magical elements to that show. But um, in that, like, that was really cool to perform and do that. Um, so <laughs> there's the contrast there, I guess. <laughs> it was way less etchy, and, like, more... You know, just kind of what happens in real life, sort of.
0: <laughs> do you have any uh, favorite characters that you voiced? Like, like who are who are some of your favorites?
1: It's that's always the hardest question I get. Um, so I will say.
0: Okay, well, let's do this. Who are your least favorite?
1: No, 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 <laughs> no, no. They're like your children, you know. Um, I I think some of my favorite projects that I've been involved with, uh. I can say is Wolf Children playing Yuki and Wolf Children has had like a lasting effect and like has, was really meaningful to me. Um, and I've just had a lot of experiences where like, I'm still get to revisit that, that one. And so it was really cool for me. I would definitely say Michiko and Hachin yeah. and Dimension W because they were uh, where I played Hachin and Dimension W where I played Mira, Uh are two series that went to tsunami, So that was sort of, really cool to like, I do it and then like see it there too, you know? Um, and then in the past, uh, year, uh, Nona from death parade has been one of my, my new favorites for sure. Um, she's such a cool character and such a cool story. Of course I love Ferris from Steins Gate and then, um, talking about new, new, like, recording right now series, Um, I love playing Kana in uh, Miss Kobayashi's uh, Maid Dragon. So um, I I guess I would say those. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's really hard because, you know, I can think of things I like about all of the the characters, most of the characters that I've played.
0: Yeah, that's like asking somebody what their favorite TV show or book is. I mean, you can't can't really just pick one.
1: Oh, that would be a way easier question for me.
0: Oh real. Oh, what's your favorite TV show and or book?
1: Okay, well wait. But okay. Harry Potter. Obviously. Okay,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> yes, Harry Potter. Like new.
0: No, okay, here we go. Which one of the Harry Potters? No, no.
1: See, okay. I am a strong <laughs> believer in that if it's a series, like you I don't like to separate them. Though I will say book 2 is kind of meh. <laughs> yeah. But it ends up becoming so important, so like now I know why it exists.
0: Yeah, because yeah, like reading it, like it's it's kind of like, eh, whatever. Jenny basilisk you know, whatever. But then you know when you get into six and seven, you're you're like,
1: oh, it was, it was actually like there a, was purpose. a reason. There was a reason. Yeah, I I just really like series, including like movie series. I don't like to separate them. Like I don't like to separate the Harry Potter movies or books or the Hunger Games. For instance or even like back to the future, which is one of my favorite um, series movie series
0: yeah nice. <laughs> um, now I, I I see that you've also done some um, video games do you find it a little a little bit easier or more difficult to do video games because I know it's a lot of efforts and everything when you do video games like grunting and everything mm-hmm. and that. is it is it more is it easier when you do that or you know do you rather have like a script and you know kind of
1: I think it's, I think it's in a way it's harder. Um, It's, it's definitely, I I mean, by what I mean by that is it's harder on your voice. Uh, It's not necessarily harder acting wise. I think I've definitely done some animes that have definitely had way harder or way more intense emotional moments or, you know, comedic moments that were like hard to pinpoint, you know, Uh, and things like that. But on your voice, it felt, it's definitely harder because you're not, um, previewing every cue and the Japanese first, and then coming in and like taking a little break while the director like tweaks it or the engineer fixes it. You know, you're not like taking those little breaks. You're just like, go, 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 go. Like going down the line. And you're usually doing, um, three takes each of every single line. Like they want three versions of this, you know,
0: of the same thing for like the different, you know, story elements. Well,
1: or they just want to be able to pick later on when they're going
0: through okay. um
1: You know, they want to be able to say, oh, I really like that read, like that style of read. Like how you can say, I like that flower. I like that flower. I like that flower. You know what I mean? Like you can put a yeah. different spin on it, like really quick, three times in a row. And then they're going to pick what they like in the moment when they get the animation. Um, now for the the whole, like, attack left flank or, like, you know, go up the middle. Like, those you don't necessarily have to do as many takes of um, because there, those are kind of going to be more consistent. But there are a lot of those. <laughs> those, like, whatever those sayings are that, you know, are left, right, middle, do this, you know, defend the fort, blah, 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 blah like there's so many of those in a row that you're just like, oh. <laughs> and then you do have all the different screams, exertions, pain, stabs, like all of those. Yeah. It's just kind of like at the end of a video game session, you're just like, oh. you just want to take a nap, <laughs> but it's fun. It's really fun. It's just, it is more exhausting because there's not breaks. You're just looking at a script. You're not previewing any kind of animation.
0: Gotcha. Now, do you have any uh, anime that, or roles, video games even, that you're not a part of that you would, like, it would be a dream or a privilege to be a part of? Um,
1: hmm.
0: I don't know, I, kind of, kind uh, of a loaded question. I
1: mean, <laughs> I would love to be a part of Adventure Time. I would love to be a part of South Park, but that's probably never going to happen. Adventure Time might be more of a reality been South Park, but I love South Park so much. Um, video games, I'm like so I'm so not a gamer. <laughs> I'm so bad at video games. I' have really bad um motion sickness. And so every time I've tried to play the majority of video games that are not like stupid little phone game phone app games, which maybe that I could do one of those, <laughs> like yeah, like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean that's a that's a huge market. I could right do now.
1: that but like the legit like you know video games like uh I'm so and Pokemon doesn't like have voices on the video game really so yeah. <laughs> or I would say Pokemon but like you know I don't know I'm so that so that one's a hard one um yeah and then of course like it's sort of my dream to be on some kind of Disney cartoon like but that one it really feels like a far away kind of goal. Um, Cause I feel like they, like Disney or Pixar, like they really use established celebrity voices a lot of the time. Um,
0: yeah. Especially for the movies. Now the series stuff, like the spinoff stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I say that, but then, you know, big hero six is basically bringing the whole cast back for the yeah.
1: show. So I don't know. You know, I like, I, I, I uh, that would be really, really, that would be really cool to be able to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
0: All <laughs> right. Now, do you have any funny stories or anything about you know recording or getting a role?
1: Um, I mean, I'm always so bad at this question. <laughs> I wish I had like some amazing. I mean, I I mostly have like embarrassing like moments or whatever. I guess I can say like one of the funnier stories about getting cast would be for Michiko and. Well, it's not really funny. It's funny to me. For Michiko and Hachin is going in and just basically doing the audition because when we did the audition, we auditioned for Michiko and we auditioned for Hodgkin. And of course I read for Hotchin first. Cause Michiko is kind of out of my wheelhouse. Um, I mean, I'm versatile, but I just, <laughs> I don't know. And so I went for it and it felt like really comedic. And then I just remember leaving, like being like, Oh my God, like I love this show, but I, there's no way. There's no way. And then I got it and I was just I just remember being a complete shock because I think when I read for Hotchin, I was like, Oh, let me do that again. Like, let me let me have another pass. He's like, No, you're good. We're done. You know, I'll see you later. It was just so like whatever that I was like, he hated me. I think I remember going to my car and like sort of crying a little bit and like calling someone, being like, I botched it so hard. And then when I got cast, I was like, What? You know, it was just sort of so surprising to me because and then I I remember Bevan saying to me like don't don't second guess yourself like your first read was so good I knew you were that character immediately and I was like oh my god like it just goes to show you like us actors are so insecure (laughs) that happens sometimes Um,
0: what about uh, any sort of bombs or anything that you've left or have been left for you while recording
1: um I mean, that happens like every day. It's really hard to remember. I think my favorite one uh, was when Brittany Karbowski, who plays Wendy in Fairy Tale and I play Carla in Fairy Tale,
0: mm-hmm.
1: finally said, like, You stupid effing cat or something like that to me. And I was like, I so deserve that. Like, so deserve that. Like, she's such a little biatch, Carla is. I mean, she's kind of a lovable bitch, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of my favorites that I can remember. Um, and then I left some, I keep talking about Michiko and Haki, but it's on my brain. I think I left some, some kind of funny ones for Monica back then. And I remember she left one for me, and it's been kind of ongoing ever since, like, where she called me Nugget. Like, she just would always call me Nugget. And she'd left me a bomb like that, and like she still calls me that to this day. She's like, "Hey, Nugget." I'm like, okay, "Hey, <laughs> like." Chicken, That's awesome. Chicken Nugget, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Jade, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, this has been super, super awesome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Now, where can our listeners find you?
1: Um, I'm on Twitter at Jade B Saxton. So it looks like Jad, J A D B as in boy, S A X T O N. I'm on there mostly a lot these days, uh, you know, because there's so much happening. I'm also on Instagram at Jaderade, like Gatorade, J-A-D-A-R-A-D-E. Um, and I'm on Facebook at Jade Saxton, voice actress. I also am on Snapchat now, too, at Jaderade. Oh, awesome. Jaderade JD. And I try and do things, especially when I go to conventions. I love to do Snapchat. Um I just love all those filters. It's really, really fun. Actors that haven't tried it, like, I try and get them on there. They're like, I don't know what Snapchat is. And then I remember at a con recently, I try, I got Jason Liebricht on it. And as soon as you put an actor in front of one of those filters, like, especially a voice actor, it's, all, it's over. Like, they love it. It's... They love it because it just makes your face into, like, a pig or a cat or something crazy, you know? <laughs> so it's really fun. And I think I put, like, my uh, – Whatever you call it, that little like square thing, I put put that on my Instagram. If people want to go like capture that or whatever, um, but all of those places, you can find me all those places. And I've been trying to be really good about like responding to
0: people and you
1: know keeping keeping in touch if you tweet me or message me. So
0: yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to our tweets, our random hey, how's it going?
1: <laughs> <tweet>. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: and. And we'll put all of that information in the, uh, like the, com- like, not the comments, like the info section of the uh, podcast. So if you need to click on anything, everything will be right there for you guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Animate Podcast, on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. And we're available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also go to our website, animationstationpodcast.com, click on the little podcast tab, and listen to all of our episodes. But yeah, I mean that's about it. So again, Jade, thanks so much for coming on. It, it was great.
1: Thanks for having me, and thanks to everyone who's listening and supporting anime legally.
0: <laughs> so for the Animation Station, I'm Josh.
1: I'm Jade. <laughs> I don't know if I
0: was <laughs> to say that. I, was to say yeah, that?
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think.